0: We're in a series right now entitled, The Power of Yes. And this weekend, I want to speak on the subject. It's time to yes up. In your life, it's time to yes up. Whatever God is speaking to you about your faith, about your heart, about your family, about your business, if God's prompting you to do something, finish your degree go for that next level of achievement. Whatever God's speaking to you, prompting, it's time to yes up. There's an old analogy that's put before. What do you do if you find yourself in a hole? Of course, the answer is quit digging. That makes sense. What do you do if you you find yourself stuck what, if you, what do you do if you find yourself not a moving forward? What do you do if you find things in your life, your family, and your faith is, is not moving forward and you're not growing the way you want? Begin to say yes to God. You say when we, when we say no to God, we're always digging the hole deeper, and the way to get out of a hole is a big yes to God. Now, for all the men here, guys, I want to I sh- just talk to you, if I can, a moment. Guys, you know, the Lord has wired us. Men just instinctively try to figure out what works, no matter what it is. You buy something, you're going to install something, you're planning to do something. Guys, if you sit around and you watch somebody do something at work or home or a hobby, there's something about men when we watch it, we're looking for an easier, faster, and cheaper way to do it. There's just something inside of us instinctively God has put that we are, we're looking for what works and what works better. However, often in life, we can be digging a hole by, by doing something and working harder on trying to make something work in the family, in the career that's not working. When it's not working, we'd put in overtime. When we when talk to our, our, our kids about a matter and they, they're not listening, we just say it louder. We say it's stronger. There is something about men we just want to make it work. I want to put before you, and I believe I have a word for the Lord for our men. God wants us to focus on what matters, and if you'll focus on what matters, God will make it work. There's a lot of us men, we are consumed by the duty, responsibility, the obligations of trying to make life and family work. You're exhausted from it. Instead of focusing on what works, focus on what matters and God will make it work. We're going to talk about that today in Scripture. I'm going to share with you four laws in order to make life work for us. Time to yes up. For just a moment, I want to explain to you uh, what that card is about. For just a moment, let me explain. And I want to use this bucket. This is one of our offering buckets. And some of you give online or text to give, that's fine. But I'm going to use this bucket as an analogy of us giving to the Lord. So this bucket, whether you give online, text to give, or you give in a an envelope, this, this bucket represents your giving. So this is our, our tithe unto the Lord. And we take our tithe to honor God according to Scripture. But throughout the year at Westover, We have other projects and needs we share with you. For example, we have a building fund. Everything we build here is from our building fund and you graciously give to the building fund. That's how we are able to uh, build the sports complex and other things because you faithfully give to uh, to the building fund when we have a project going on. But we also have, we have missions. This allows us to feed children around the world, build schools in Nairobi. Uh, support an orphanage in Haiti. It's all of our round the world sharing the love of Christ through missions. But we also have our sports outreach fund. Many of you faithfully give to the sports outreach. Why? Because the fees that we have for registration for the sports ministry by no means underwrites the sports ministry. It takes generous giving from God's people in order for us to have the sports ministry operate, and the fees just basically take care of team expenses. So many of us, even though we don't play sports, we give to the sports outreach. Additionally, we have a benevolence fund that we minister and and special needs such such as a hurricane harvey when it occurred you gave and we were able to send assistance both in supplies food, items, special needs, and an offering for those who were affected by Hurricane Harvey last year. Moreover, we have special ministry needs. Sometimes we're raising money for a project to help put better sound equipment in the the student center or for the children. And then from time to time we have scholarship fund for helping kids go to camp who can't afford to go to camp, helping someone uh, go to children's camp in the summer that that child could not afford So we have different ways of giving from time to time. People say, Pastor, do you want me to give to this one? I've got a special income tax refund, and I just want to do something special for the Lord. Should I give here? Should I give here? Should I give here? We have all of these funds. And sometimes for you and for the accounting, it's been quite challenging to keep all of this separated. And you've asked, well, which which one should I give to? Well, I want to share with you what we're doing at Westover. We have our tithe that we give unto the Lord, but now we have a Kingdom Builders Fund. And what we're going to do is we're going to take all of these funds and put them together in the Kingdom Builder Fund. So whether it's online or whether it's text to give or tithe and offering, excuse me, on the offering envelope that's in the brochure rack, you'll notice there's tithe and there is the Kingdom Builders Fund. And when you give to the Kingdom Builders Fund, you're giving to all the projects. It may sometimes be feeding and helping an orphanage in Haiti. It, it may be an outreach. It may be sports outreach. It's all of these funds are going to go together in one fund, the Kingdom Builders Fund. And the card we have, uh, have given you, we're going to ask you to prayerfully consider what you have typically given throughout the year and all of these other funds, and consider what you would commit this year as God enables you to give to the Kingdom Builders Fund, which is going to take care of all of these needs. Now, somebody said, which fund should I give to? I will answer that. In fact, Scripture will answer that for us. If you're going to give to one fund, you always give first to tithe and offering. The tithe comes first. The tithe allows us to do all the ministry at Westover that we do from kids' ministry, student ministry in our student center right now, seniors' ministry, life group ministry. Everything we do at Westover is supported by the faithfulness of God's people tithing. So if you're going to give to one fund, give to this fund first. If you're not giving to tithe, then give to tithe. Give to the Kingdom Builders Fund after you've honored God with the tithe. And I'm going to lead this church in the Kingdom Builders Fund. Now I'm going to ask you to pray and whatever God puts on your heart that you would like to do for the Kingdom Builders, we're going to receive our first Kingdom Builders offering and the the card that you have the first weekend of February. I I will join you. Now, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to lead the way. Denise and I have committed a double tithe. We're going to tithe here as we normally do. Our our tenth belongs to the Lord. And Denise and I have committed a second tithe this year, a second 10% to go towards the Kingdom Builders Fund. Now, whatever God leads you, whatever God speaks to you, that's what you should do. But I'm going to ask you to join in and let's yes up to whatever God is saying, whatever God is speaking your lie this year to yes up. And with that in mind, I invite you to join me in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, chapter number 3, verse number 6 through 11. And let's see what God's Word teaches us about our yes up moment to God. Verse number 6, I the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? It's a rhetorical question. Yet you have robbed me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. God is inviting us to yes up. And in the scripture, I'm going to share with you four spiritual laws given to us by the Lord, four spiritual laws. The first law I'm going to call the law of reliability. The law of reliability, verse number six, God does not change. The law of reliability. God is telling us here, he does not change. Now, I know all kinds of things change. Did you ever see on Facebook somebody post when they were married 10 years ago or 20 years ago, go back 30, 40 years ago when they graduated from college or high school and now they're a few decades? My goodness, the hairstyles. My goodness, the clothing. It really dates you. Does it? Clothing and hairstyle can, and things change. Yes, they do. Stuff is always changing. We change our clocks twice a year. We spring forward and we, we fall back. Ever so often, you'll get a notice on your phone. They're the terms of that app or, or that company that you do business with. The terms have changed. And you have to, and they'll send you all of those pages. I don't know about you. I never read that. Do you? I just go down, and I I don't know what I've agreed to. I just, I just touch the agreement, and I I'm updated on the app or the business or except. things change. But here's what God is saying. It's the law of reliability. God is saying He does not change. God has not changed since the new iPhone came out. God didn't change with the internet coming out. God has not changed with all the gridlock in Washington. Can you say amen? God has not changed. God is consistent in every season, in every experience of life. You can rely on God. Now, let me share with you, contrary to the belief of many, there is not an Old Testament God and a new testament god god is not schizophrenic some of us think so i've heard people say well you know the old testament is for them way back then for israel the prophets and the patriarchs but god is different now no he's not in fact his word says he never changes jesus will say in the new testament he didn't come to do away with the law and the prophets he came to fulfill it And it's still in effect in our life today. And God is teaching us in every situation, every circumstance, you can, I can rely on God. God does not change. His principles and his purposes are never altered. His principles and his purposes are never altered. Do you know there is not an expiration date on the Bible? You can't go through the scripture like a menu. It's not a multiple choice. I'll take this one. I'll skip this over here and I'll take that. Doesn't work that way. It's not multiple choice. All of God's word is applicable, is right for us today. In the assemblies of God, we teach the Bible is inerrant, the Bible has authority. And the Bible still applies to us today, the entire Bible. We believe in the inspiration of Scripture. Nothing in God's Word has passed away. Nothing in God's Word is out of vogue. It still works in our life today. We are literalists when it comes to the Scripture. And that means we actually believe God created the earth in six days. We actually believe there was a man by the name of Noah. We actually believe there was a man by the name of Moses. We actually believe the Red Sea parted. What the Bible teaches, we believe it to be true. It's not an allegory. It's not mystical. We rely upon God's Word. And God, in your life, every season, every circumstance, you will find that God is reliable. The law of reliability. Number two, the law of relationship. The law of relationship. God will be as close in your life as you allow him. Yes. God will be as close to you as you allow him to be. Verse number seven, God says, return to me and I will return to you. God's saying, I'll be as close to you as you allow. If you will turn and come to God, God will meet you. (laughs) God will respond. I call this the law of relationship. Many of us have have a distant or an insensitive view of God, that God somewhere is in the heavens. You call him the man upstairs. No, he's the man downstairs. He's God with us. He, he, through Jesus, he's, he's a part of our life and he's in our heart. We, we use these phrases that there is a supreme being. There's a higher power. We, we use these non-relationship words. Let me share with you. The Bible teaches us and Jesus demonstrates that he wants to be in relationship with us. It's called in theology the immanence of God. God is not somewhere far off. God is not this strange power, this entity, this mystical thing. God, God is God is not this this divine mother nature or or these. The forces are this mystical experience. It's a relationship. God desires to be in relationship with everyone here. And here's what the Bible says. God says, if you will return to me, I will return to you. Am I the only one? I'm wearied by robocalls. How about you? Yeah. Aren't you just tired of robocalls? Yeah, and th- you know when the computers used to call, they always sounded like a computer. But today, you'll hear this bright, friendly voice come, "Hi, my name," and I just uh, you say, "I'm not interested," and they just keep talking. You realize it's a robocall. It's it's a it's a computer talking to you, but there's no conversation. It's one way. It's one way. You push a button. Can I tell you, God is not. a a supreme robocall. God speaks. God wants to be in relationship with every one of us. God knows you. God created you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be a part of your decisions. And God is saying, return to him. And guess what he'll do? He'll return to you in your life. Some of us right now, we remembered a distant time in our life where we walked with God and you're saying, I'm not as close as I used to be. Return to God and God will return to you. The third law I see mentioned here in Scripture is the law of devotion. God desires wholehearted commitment. I call this the law of devotion, wholehearted commitment. It's verse number 10. There's one phrase I want you to see there. And he says to Israel, bring the whole tithe. This is a rhetorical question. Why did God say bring the whole tithe? Of course, the answer is they were not bringing the whole tithe. What were they doing? Israel at this time, they had determined Instead of bringing the whole tithe, they decided, you know what, we're going to budget and we're going to set aside a certain amount for the Lord. It's not the whole tithe. But they came to an agreement. They are saying, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give God a certain amount and we're going to determine how much we do for God. And we'll set aside a comfortable amount. We'll set aside a little left over. And that ought to satisfy God. We are doing something We're doing something, but we're not fully, wholly obeying God. And God is saying that you need to fully bring the whole tithe. I call it the law of devotion. Now in Scripture, you can just, you can take the word tithe and put a blank after that. Bring the whole blank. What is God talking to you about? Whatever the Holy Spirit is dealing with you this year, Whatever God is talking to you about, God wants wholehearted commitment. If it's the tithe, then bring the whole tithe. But if it's worship, bring your best worship. You know we can, we can give our tithe and still not have wholehearted devotion. We come into the house of the Lord. Worship is going on. We're on our electronic device. We're checking Facebook. We're texting this person. We're going down to see the wait in the restaurants and what it's like. We're we're checking out if there's any after-holiday sales we're going to check out. And we can be everywhere else. And here's what God is saying. You don't need to be on Facebook catching up with friends. When it comes time for worship, put your whole heart into worship of the King of Kings. Bring your best, all of your worship unto the Lord. Can I hunt down that trail a little bit further? I've heard amens. I'm going to keep preaching until I hear some ouches today. Can I do that? Yes. We buy a movie ticket and it's at 7.02. Guess what? We are there at 6.55. We want our seat with our popcorn in hand but we don't mind showing up 20 minutes to the house of God, set aside, we won't give our whole worship unto the Lord. I call this when it comes to God, give your best all the time with our whole being. What about the family? As for me and my house, we will wholeheartedly serve the Lord wholeheartedly serve the Lord. We're not going to pick, well, God, I'll do this, but Lord, I'm not going to do that. That's inconvenient. I'm not. I really don't believe we need to do that today. We don't have the right to pick the terms. God's Word, Scripture tells us. I'm here to say yes up. Whatever God is speaking, yes up. Sir, say unto the Lord, I'm going to do what matters, and God says I'll help you with what works. I will serve the Lord in the family. Don't say you're going to have a Bible, you serve the Lord, and say, well, I'm going to hide some stuff in the back of the cabinet. Just in case. I don't want our friends from the church coming over and seeing that I have that I have that vodka in the back of the cabinet. I don't want them to see that. I'll hide that in the corner. We have videos that have a lot of F-bombs. We go to see movies that are filled with it. See movies all the time with an unmarried person, an unmarried person slipping under the sheets and they call it a romantic comedy. We laugh, we say it's entertainment, but pastor, that's how they make movies. Can I call this to wholehearted commitment? God wants us to be people of righteousness wholeheartedly in every way. Amen or me, owe me, or ouch? Yes. You see, God wants wholehearted commitment. I call it the law of devotion. God has constructed life. It works best when He's in charge. Yes. And I will share with you unequivocally You'll never lose out by putting God first. I can say that to the young adult. The first paycheck you give, tithe, you'll never go wrong putting God first. Young couple, you're starting to date. You believe that God brought you together. Don't live together. Don't move in. Don't say we're going to live together. Everybody does it. We're going to get married Uh, six months from now. You'll never go wrong putting God's first. You don't have to lie on the job. You don't have to be deceitful, put God first. God will take care of it. Do what matters and God will make it work. The law of devotion. And number four, the last law, I call it the law of blessing. The law of blessing. Obedience brings God's blessing. Obedience will bring God's blessing And I'm going to break down verse number 9, 10, and 11 just individually because I think some of us misinterpret verse number 9. So allow me to just unpack this for a moment. Stay with me. The law of blessing. Obedience brings His blessings. Verse number 9, God said you're under a curse. Why? They didn't bring the whole tithe. Hold on. God doesn't put curses upon people. But wait a minute, pastor. Verse number 9 says you're under a curse. It says you're under a curse. It did not say God put the curse upon them. Well, explain that to me, pastor. I'm going to do it right now. Verse number 10, he says bring the whole tithe and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room to store it all. So here it is. Verse number 9, curse. Verse number 10, Blessing. Remember in the Old Testament, there was a mountain of cursing and a mountain of blessing. Whatever mountain you're on, that's what you get. You live on the mountain of cursing, and cursing will come into your life. Live on the mountain of blessing, and blessing will come in your life. Does God bring blessing? Yes. Does God put curses upon people? No. Then explain that to me, pastor. I'm going to do it right now. Verse number 11 explains it. He says in verse number 11, I will prevent. Did you notice that? Now he's speaking in an agrarian economy. They they live, their livelihood was farming and ranching. You You could extrapolate it right into your life today. I will prevent your business from going under. I will prevent you. From, from losing. God, I will prevent you from the financial rug being pulled out from underneath you. I will prevent that coworker from stabbing you in the back and undermining you. I will prevent from somebody stealing your promotion. I will prevent that. And here it is. If we, through the law of devotion, give wholeheartedly everything, our worship, our life, our allegiance to the Lord, God said, you're going to live under blessing. You choose not to live wholeheartedly under devotion. I don't, God says, I don't put a curse on you, but you will be cursed because you're not under the jurisdiction of blessing. God wants to bless. Jesus, in his very first sermon in the New Testament, It's recorded in Matthew, chapter 5. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. and his very first sermon in the New Testament, the first word that fell from Jesus' lip was blessed. God wants to bless. But you have to step under the jurisdiction of his blessing. Do you know the Bible says that without Christ, all of us are cursed? Yes. It's not that God puts a curse on it. Sin, we live in a sin-cursed world. And if you're not under his blessings, you're living in the curse and you have the vicissitudes, the ebb and flow, the fight, the stab in the back, counteract, the anger, the hostility. You have all of the vicissitudes of life to deal with. And many of us, we're in the trenches of that right now. feel like life in every area is about... You come to church just to get a little bit of, of encouragement and blessing to take you down five more days... But life is in the trenches all the time. Why? Because you're not under the jurisdiction of his blessing. You're in the jurisdiction of the cursed world like so many people that don't know Christ live in. How do I bring my life under blessing? Is you wholeheartedly serve the Lord. And whatever God asks, whatever Scripture teaches, you give God your all. Really, I can say to you, This is teaching us, don't miss what God has in store for you. If you will wholeheartedly serve the Lord, God says blessing will come. But if you don't, if you don't live wholeheartedly, guess what? You're going to miss what God has in store. And many of us miss what God had in store for us last year. If we would have just obeyed God, fellas... But you know what we did? We kept digging the hole deeper because we kept saying no to them. No, God, I don't have time for a life group. No, God, I don't have time for discipleship. No, God, I don't have time. I don't want to fight with the kids to get them to church every week. I'm not going to fight that battle. And we kept saying no. And we were digging the hole deeper. And God is saying to us, say yes to him. Yes up. And guess what happens? You come into the jurisdiction of blessing. And here's what the Lord says, the whole nation of you. What does that mean? Let me bring it down to practical. The nation of Israel were in tribes. The tribe of Dan. Yes, the tribe of Benjamin. Let me bring it. What does that mean? Your whole family will be blessed. You fully obey God and it spills on your children and your grandchildren. You create, if you please, a family blessing. You create a legacy of blessing when you fully obey God. And I tell you, in our lives, Denise and I, we are lemon proof. You know, you ever buy something that's a lemon? Some of you say, I don't know what it is. Every car we buy is a lemon. You buy the one iPad that has all the problems with it and you take it back. You're just always, always buying the lemon. Can I tell you, Denise and I never, we're we're lemon proof. We're lemon proof. People say, you have one of those? We bought one of those, it's the worst thing. Do you know they came out and said that it's full of bugs and it doesn't work? I said, it doesn't happen to us. Why does yours work and ours don't? Because I'm under blessing. Now I'll tell you that's why. I'll tell you why. Our refrigerators work longer than they should. Our tires last longer than they should. Things just work out. Every time something wears out and we have to replace it, I'm telling you, without a, without an exception, we go to buy a new one. It's 30% off. They have a sale going on right then. If it had gone 30 days earlier, we'd have paid regular price. God is watching out for us all the time. Why? Because we choose to live under blessing. I had a lady in the church. We believed God and prayed with her. She said to me this morning, Pastor, I'm two years this week cancer free. Two years cancer free. That was her testimony. Yes. Yes. I'm talking to you about blessing. I'm talking to you about God will do unusual, supernatural things that you could never imagine. At Westover, unapologetically, we are a high commitment church. We call people to live by God's standard and to fully obey God. There's one word that's not in this Bible. From cover to cover, there is one word you will not find in this Bible, and that's the word discount. It's not even found in the Bible. There is no discounts when it comes to commitment to God. Yeah. There are no discounts to obeying God, there's no discounts to serving the Lord. In just about eight weeks, we'll have 80 people from Westover. We're taking on a trip to the Holy Land. I think this is the seventh trip we've taken of people from the congregation. We're gearing up for it right now. We got on a plane and fly to Tel Aviv and we're going to spend nine days touring the Holy Land. And there's something I point out to people every time we go. Do you know the ancient synagogues and temples that Jesus visited? Several of them are still there. Oh, they've been, they've been restored. But the foundation is there. And I can tell you that Jesus was literally here at the, at the synagogue in Capernaum. Yes, they've excavated. We find, we found the, the, the synagogue in Capernaum, Chorazim, places that are mentioned in the New Testament. Jesus was here and stood there. And there's something about the synagogue, the house of God. They've excavated, and you can see the roadways and some of the houses and huts that were in the villages, but something always unique about the house of God, it's in Jewish culture. You walk down the avenue and you come to the synagogue, the temple, the house of God. You always have steps to to enter into the house of God. You see nowhere in Israel are you ever allowed to step down into God's presence. You never go down to see God. It is constructed so that when the parents take the little children to the synagogue, to the temple, and they come to the steps, it's a teaching moment. Kids, what you need to know is life may happen at this level, but every time you go to God, God requires you to step up. God always requires you to step up. You never step down for God. And I'm here today for you in your life, and your faith walk in whatever area. What is the Holy Spirit talking to you about family? Is He talking to you about your, your relationship with the Lord? Is God talking to you about honoring God in the business and your business practices? Is God talking to you about your conversation that is vulgar laced? And every time something frustrates you, you have to describe it in bathroom language that is inappropriate and demeaning to others and insults the the Christ likeness that you try to display? What is God talking to you about? Is it your tithe? Whatever it is, bring the whole tithe. God requires us to step up. And for every one of us, I'm here to say step up this year. Step up this year. Step up into what God has. Fully obey him. If you will live the law of devotion, you'll come under the law of blessing. That's how it works. Before we pray, I just want to make mention for many of us, The whole idea of tithing is new. It's very different. You weren't raised that way. it's, It's different from anything you've heard. Well, it's taught in Scripture, both New Testament and Old Testament. For you, it's new and different. And I would like to share with you this book by Robert Morris. It's entitled The Blessed Life, Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living. Not just generous giving. How to live a blessed life is everything you do for God. You do it with your whole heart. And if you would like a copy, I bought a copy for you. At our main desk in the main lobby, I have copies of this there. I want you to go by, and it's a gift to you. Just take it and read it and enter the blessed life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, at this moment, I have delivered my soul. I felt that you placed in my heart the challenge this year to invite people to experience the power of yes. And I believe that in many hearts and homes and families, you're talking to us about yesing up, fully obeying God in matters of lifestyle and entertainment, in attitude and actions, in practice on the job and at home, in relationship with others, and our obedience to God, to fully yes up to God's standards. I pray, Lord, that we will be inspired to fully obey you, not to try to negotiate, not to try, God, to somehow bring it down to less than what your word teaches I speak and encourage our men. We men, we struggle with this. We try to analyze, we try to figure out, we try to make it workable. We bring it down to a place that we can manage. And anytime we do that, we leave faith out because we're trying to do it in ourselves. I call the men of Westover to fully yes up to God's standard and God's Word. I call men to be the priest of their home to yes up to God and serve God with joy and full obedience to God's standards. I pray God families will have that that necessary conversation, couples, that that wives, that they'll sit down and just share and unburden their heart to their husband. We've got to do better. We're not going to be able to live a halfway and half-hearted Christian life. We want to be a Christ follower that fully honors God. I pray they have that conversation. And I speak faith into men, and I call men into a a step-up moment to fully yes up to God. And I thank you for that. And I bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us. The Lord bless you. You're dismissed.